I'm telling you, we, we've had some fun in the 47 years we've been together, married. We, we've been together 51 years, counting the four years that she chased me, or I chased her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I better sit down. I wasn't going to put it behind Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, amen. what that is but yeah it's, it's a it's a it's a mask okay you, you had it okay well it, it's uh <laughs> praise the lord <laughs> grateful i'm glad we don't have to we don't have to worry about that anymore right yeah I'm glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> Listen, I, I want you to know Wednesday night, if you have anything to add or to comment, there'll be a, a time for that. And, and I appreciate, you know, I'll be glad to. I, I really want to talk tonight about the if in the will of God. Two little letters, if. And... Uh, you're going to know what I'm talking about when you turn to Matthew chapter 8. Jesus had given the Sermon on the Mount. There was a multitude of people that, that came. And uh, he had infuriated the, the religious sect of his day, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the Herodians. None of them liked him. They were fearful of losing, losing their position. But Jesus didn't come to start a new religion, right? He came to, to, to bring an end to all religions and to start relationship. And, and nothing speaks to me. And Brother Dwayne sung the song, I Know He's Able. It's so fitting for what we're going to talk about tonight. There's only four verses that I'm going to read in chapter 8. And it says, when he had come down from the mountain, this is the New King James Version, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I'm willing, be cleansed. You understand the Greek is so emphatic and, and expressive here that you know, I don't like to send text too many times because there's no way to do voice inflection and and to really do sensitive kind of uh, expressions on text, right? So you have to understand the 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 power of this of this reply that Jesus gave. I believe he said, "Of course I'm willing," and he touched him. He said, be cleansed. Immediately his leper was, leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now we're going to go in a few moments to Luke 5 because Luke records the same, the same incident. But let me just kind of lay a backdrop for you. Jesus has been in the 
the, uh, the, he's just done the Sermon on the Mount. And, and people are, he's coming down the mountain and they're still surrounding him. They're, they're like ants coming down the, the hill. But there's a leper and, a, and the law in Leviticus, it, it covers it in both, both chapters, I think it's uh, 13 and 14, the laws concerning lepers. And a leper could, could not get within 15 steps of another person. And if they're, down, if they're standing upwind, they have to be at least 150 feet away. But this leper was standing there, and, and I want you to see that le leprosy was a terrible, terrible disease. It, it was devastating. And there's more than one kind, but the kind that the Bible talks about it caused the skin to scale. There's a kind that, that ruins the, the joints, the bones, and they disintegrate. And I remember being in India, going to the leper colony and seeing those people. Some had lost their sight. Some had lost their fingers. They only had a, 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 the palm left. And some had lost their feet, their toes, their legs. They had lost parts of their bodies. But you, you wouldn't know that that affected them in any way because every one of them sang praises to the Lord on their instruments, on their skin-covered drums and and whatever they had to, to worship, they worshiped the Lord. But to see them in that condition, and they were in a leper colony because they were outcast. They, they couldn't live among uh, their families. They couldn't live among uh, the, the regular town folk because of their condition. Leprosy is not like it used to be. They do have uh, treatment for it now, thank the Lord. But this was something I'll never forget. Um, so when you think about this leper, no doubt, maybe he lost some fingers. I don't know. Maybe he, he, he we know that one of the law, the, the stipulations of the law was when they, uh, when people approached, they had to cover their top lip and begin to cry out, unclean, unclean. Now I want you to imagine this as the throngs come down the hillside from hearing the sermon on the mount that Jesus just delivered. One of the most beautiful, the, the Beatitudes are, are, are some that my mother loved. We, we did over in the furniture store. I remember one service that I went around to everybody and asked them just to read their favorite verse. And I still got the cassette with everybody that was in that church. And you may be on there, Sister Martha. I, I, I remember, I think you were. And, but my mom who passed away in 2006. Um, that'll be gone the 14th of this month for 10 years. It's hard to believe. But she read from Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. She read it all the way to the end. I remember, and I go back and listen to her read. And uh, it's, it's, it's a treasure that's priceless but, but think about Jesus as he's coming down the hill. He's walking and they're thronging him. And there's a leper 
that begins to cry unclean and everybody begins to back up. They, all of a sudden, he's by himself because nobody wants to come in contact with a leper. They, they don't want to get close because the contagion and, and the risk of, uh, of getting that dreaded disease because here's what they had. They had to live outside the, the village. They had to live alone. As a matter of fact, if you read the law in Leviticus, it said they shall be live outside the camp and be alone. I, I can't think of anything that would be any more lonely than to have a dreaded disease that caused you to be separated from family and from people that you love and, and, and to be in a place of isolation. That's what sin does. That's what happens when we don't understand how much we're loved and the price that Jesus paid for us to come in to that beautiful relationship of Father, Son, and Spirit. And so Jesus is here and he don't stop. Everybody else is backed up and he's isolated, but he keeps, he keeps walking toward the leper. Come on, somebody. You understand, he, he don't even slow down. He's walking right toward him. And the first question, Lord, notice how, what he called him. That's Yahweh. If you're willing. Have you ever been in a place in your life where you wondered what the will of God is? I have. I've been in that, those places where I wondered. I, I've heard people talk about the will of God and, and I, I'm telling you, many have missed it by a mile. Because they think that the heartache and, the, and all the, the, the terrible things must be the will of God. People even talk about sickness that the Lord must be. Now, he can teach us something from it, but I want to tell you right now, it's not from him. And it's not his will. It, it's absolutely not his will. If he didn't want us to be healed, he shouldn't have healed us. Because the Bible says by his stripes we were healed. And you understand that this leper, Jesus, as far as he knows, he's never seen Jesus heal a leper. He's never heard of a leper being healed. And so I can imagine the questions that's going through his mind. Because he's been, I don't know how long he's been isolated and how long he's been by himself. In the Old Testament, there's I think three mentioned that I comes to mind. One is Miriam. Of course, it was short-lived because of her complaining about Moses, her brother, the anointed of God, and she put her words on him. And she got leprosy. Hadn't been touched in yet. That's exactly right. Well, Jesus had no, he's, he's breaking the law. Do, do you understand on purpose? You know why he's doing it? He's really, he is the law. But he's the law fulfilled. He, he's the fulfillment of the law. Jesus said, I didn't come to do away with the law. I came to fulfill it. So the part that we couldn't do, Jesus took care of it so that we could be the recipients of every promise and every blessing in the word. So Miriam and Aaron 
complained about Moses. And Miriam became leprous. She had to go outside the, the camp. It was short-lived for her. Then there was Naaman. Second Kings chapter 5. Remember Naaman, he's the, the captain of a host of Syrians. But what's really amazing to me is, is they're idolaters. They, they worship a god called Ramon. <laughs> and, and so they've, they've taken hostage some people from Israel and there's a little girl, a little maid that's taking care of his wife. Naaman's wife. The Bible said that he was a man of, he was well respected. He was a man of valor. But here's what's really amazing to me. Because the Lord had given them victory. I'm talking about people that didn't even know God. It says the Lord gave them victory over their enemies. Now, I want you to think about this. That little girl tells the wife, when, when Naaman, the, the Bible says, and, and let me just read it for you. I want you to see this. It, it's amazing. Second Kings chapter five. Let me see if I can find it on my list here. No, I got it though. Second Kings chapter five. Let me go back to the Old Testament. You, you got to hear what it says. It's only a few verses, but I think it's really uh, amazing. When you, when you look at the Old Testament and you see something unfold that is... Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man and he was master. King James Version. He was honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance to Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but there's a conjunction. He was a leper. So... When the little maid waited on Naaman's wife, she told her Miss, mistress, would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that's in Samaria. He'd recover him of that leprosy. So here's, here's something that Naaman does. <laughs> he goes to the king and says, there's a man down in Israel that I need to go see because... He can make me well from the leprosy. And so they load up gold and they load up gifts and, and all kind of treasures and they go down and, and go to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel, he's irate. Because see, the prophet's probably giving him a problem because he's not where he needs to be. So he says to Naaman, he said, am I a God that I could heal people? And so... Naaman discovers it's the prophet Elisha and he goes down to his house and, and, and the servant Gehazi goes in and tells him there, there's a, the captain of the host of Syria is out there and he's got leprosy and he wants you to heal him. He said, go tell him to dip seven times in the river Jordan. He goes and tells Naaman and Naaman is furious. He said, there's a couple of rivers I can talk about that's a whole lot cleaner, a whole lot better rivers than the, the Jordan River. And I've been to the Jordan River. It's pretty dark, pretty muddy. Thank you, brother. In fact, I brought water from 
the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. I had it in my suitcase and I came through Israel's security. They're second to none. Didn't even open the suitcase. The young lady looked at me and said, you got Dead Sea water and Sea of Galilee water in your suitcase, right? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, okay, and smiled and let it go on through. Now, it had balls of salt and all that kind of stuff in the bottom. I still got it up in my office and, and, and it still got the salt in it because the Dead Sea is the, also called the, 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 sea, the, salt of, the salt sea. So anyway, he told him to go dip in the, in the River Jordan seven times and Naaman was furious and, and here's what his, his, one of his soldiers told him, a servant said, if he had told you to do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? And Naaman gets some wisdom. He said, okay, let me go do what he said do. And he, when he dipped seven times, the Bible says his skin became as a child. And he goes and tries to pay Elisha. And Elisha said, as the Lord lives, I will not take anything from you for the hand of the Lord. And, and but, He's on his way and Gehazi decides he's going to run after him and say, hey, my, my Lord said he's got some sons of the prophets he's teaching and they need some, some raiment, some garments and, and some gold. And so he said, sure. And he gives it to Gehazi and God, Gehazi goes and puts it in, in a house thinking Elisha doesn't know, know anything about it. And he goes in and Elisha says, where you been? He said, I didn't go anywhere. And Elisha said, didn't my heart go with you when you went to the servants of Naaman? Is it a time to take gold and silver and wealth? The leprosy that was on Naaman will cleave to you and your children from here. I don't even know. I could never tell you why. But he became a leper. Gehazi became a leper. We, we know that that was a dreaded disease, but, but we see in, in this story, and Sister Martha's, she, she's, she's told us, here's the beautiful part about this unfolds. Jesus is standing there with this leper, and the leper asks a very important question. It's not really a question. He's posing a statement. And he uses a condition word. He says, if, one little two-letter word, if you're willing. Now, I don't know the mindset of this leper, but he, he probably has been, has seen so much rejection. He, he's probably seen so much rejection and he's just watched the multitude scatter because he's a leper. But Jesus never stops. And he says, if you were willing, you can make me clean. Now, I want to tell you something about Jesus that we all know. When you see Jesus, he never left anybody like he found them. Especially if they were in dire straits and they had a certain need. Not one. The only place you find 
in his own hometown where the Bible said he could just do a few miracles because of their unbelief. But he touches the leper. That's against the law. <laughs> but you see, here's the deal. When he touched the leper, this would not make Jesus unclean because in that day, if you touched the leper, you became unclean and you had to be isolated for so many days to make sure you didn't get the disease. If you touched a dead body, you had to go out of the city for seven days. You were called unclean. But Jesus didn't become unclean because when he touched the leper, the leper got what Jesus had. Jesus didn't get what the leper had. He took it. But the Bible said immediately he was cleansed and he was healed. I don't know if he grew fingers. He may have grown fingers. He may have grown toes. I don't know what was going on with him. The Bible doesn't elaborate, but it does tell us that here's the, the first mention of a leper. Now, now there's something that, that I, I had to learn and, and many of you may already know, but when you think about the power of Jesus, the numinous, do you know that you can't separate the love of Jesus from the power of Jesus? I, I've been in churches and guilty myself. Lord, we just need your power. We need the power of God. You may be, you've heard that, send the, that we've heard the song, Lord, send the power just now. Well, you understand what, what, that, what that's asking, but you understand, when you think about the love you can't separate it because when you understand the love of Jesus, you're going to understand the power of Jesus and what he did to that leper was out of his love. It was from the love of the Father. If it was God in Christ reconciling the world, bringing the world back to where he originally intended for it to be, this act is an act of love. Every miracle Jesus did. Now, let me give you some verses for it. When you think about the power, look at Matthew 9, 35. Just one chapter over, verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. There's the love of the Father. Because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Now, one translation said they were skinned, flayed, and beaten down like those who have no shepherd. Think about the religious of their day. They had preachers. They had people in the Senate. Well, if you call them, they read the, they were, they were priests. And maybe they had encountered these priests. Many of them maybe have encountered those who, I'm glad I'm not like that publican. 
I'm glad I'm not like him. And you understand that's not what you want to say to the father <laughs> because Jesus is telling the parable and he says a Pharisee and a publican is praying and the Pharisee says, I thank you, Father, that I'm not like that publican. And the publican in humility says, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus asked the question, which one you think was justified? <laughs> of course, it was the publican, the humility. I've often said, and you've probably heard me say it, it may sound like a broken record, but if we look to man to promote us, God never will. I can tell you, if you look to God to promote you, man has no choice. God will set you up if you, if you trust him, if you, if you understand that compassion. Now, that's not the only place. Now, notice it says uh, over in Luke, let's go to Luke 5. I don't want to leave that, leave that out because there's something really, really rich in Luke chapter 5. This is verse 12. Boy, this is so good. I, I feel it, it's so enriching. The if in the will of God. If you're willing. Oh, he knew he, he could, but he never heard of him healing a leper. So you understand his question, his statement. If you're willing, I know you can... Make me clean. And Jesus emphatically, I believe, with a lot of energy, said, of course I will. And touched him. I can hear the crowd gasp as they see his hand reach out to the untouchable. And the creator once again brings him back into that the beautiful place of wholeness and healing. Not only was he healed on the outside, I believe he was healed on the inside. I believe he had never ever had to ask if it's God's will again. I believe the Lord wants us to be in a place where we don't have to ask that either. Look at what Luke writes. Luke, the doctor, he's probably encountered some lepers. So he gives us a, a, a synopsis like this and it happened when he was in a certain city that behold a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus and he fell on his face and implored him. Now, first of all, the Hebrews worship different. They didn't, and the Lord, I believe, taught them and, and it's okay to fall on your face. But remember when many times the, the Lord would raise them up you can worship him standing up. And that's the way the Hebrews, the Jewish people, they, they would worship. When I was in the synagogues there, I, I didn't see anybody laying on their face. They were, they were standing up, rocking back and forth, and, and they were worshiping, and they were standing. So I believe whatever posture you, you can connect with God is okay. But, but the Bible said he fell on his face, and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Then he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I'm willing, be cleansed. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he charged him to tell no one. Guess what? That's not going to work. 
But go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. However, the report went around concerning him all the more. And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he drew himself away into the wilderness and prayed. Now it happened on a certain day. Here's another one, verse 17. A certain day as he was teaching that there Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who came out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. Why? Because they heard about it. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now, you understand that Jesus never had to wait for the power to come. He never had to wait. And so, <coughs> he was anointed with the Holy Spirit without measure. It was God in Christ reconciling the world. Father, Son, and Spirit at work bringing us back into that love. Now, when you think about the compassion of Jesus, he looked on the multitudes with compassion. That, that's to look on, to, you've had people to, I've had people to tell me and I've said it to others, I know how you feel. Not every time, right? You can only know how we feel if you've been where we've been. But compassion is like that. Compassion means not I know how you feel. <laughs> it means I feel what you feel. We don't have a high priest that can't be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, what was tempted in all things like just, just like we are. Yet without sin. Why? Because he, that's what he meant when he told his disciples. He, he said this. He said, he said uh, peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives, I give unto you. In the world you're going to have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Now what does that mean for us? That means if he overcame the world, he, he did it for us. Now we have the ability to overcome the world. It don't mean we won't ever have any trouble and we won't ever have any, any, any sorrows or heartaches, but it means we don't have to go through it by ourselves, and, and we have to understand it is the will of God. When he looked at them and said, I feel what you feel, I think he looks at us like that. I'm going to show you another verse in a moment, but I want you to see this. The power of Jesus cannot be separated from the love of Jesus. Can't be separated. So, maybe the leper is thinking, does he love me enough to do it for me? A leper. I've never heard of him healing a leper. How far? Now, when you think about the the measurement of God's love. I look at Ephesians 3.18. I had a wise man tell me this one time. He said, while you can never mind the wealth of his love, because his loving kindness, mercy, loving kindness reaches to the heavens. That's the universe. That's past finding out. It means it's so vast that Wise man told me, he said, if you want to 
look in the scriptures and try to measure the love of God. Think about John 3.16 and then think about Ephesians 3.18. For God so loved the world to know what is the breadth. Wow, he loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. What is the length? That whosoever should believe in him. That's the depth. Whosoever. Don't care if you feel like a leper, if you've been isolated, ostracized, rejected. I don't care. There's so many people who have the orphan spirit that they, they, they feel like orphans. They may have their parents, but they still feel like orphans. That's what's wrong with the multitude of the world today. And I like what Paul says in Romans. He said, you never have to feel obligated to live with religious duty again. As a matter of fact, you will never feel orphaned again because you've been fully accepted. He has accepted us in the beloved, right? Sister Mark, Ephesians 1. He has accepted us in the beloved. Oh. So now, you've been fully accepted and now we can... We, we can be fathered by Yahweh himself. Wow. So it, it's important for us to know what the will of the Father is for our life. So I want to show you real quickly what I, what I began to study, and I think the Holy Spirit took me here. Um, in 1 John chapter 4, I want to take you there first. 1 John chapter 4, verse 12. Let's read verse 9. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world. Where? That we might live through him. Into the world. Now, think about this. Jesus came into the darkness of that leper. He came right into his darkness. He did what nobody would do. He did what nobody could do. First, he did what nobody would do when he touched him. But secondly, he said, be cleansed. Not only was he cleansed, he was healed. And he said, go show yourself to the priest as a testimony. Why? Because they, they need to see evidence so he's no longer an outcast. Wow. So First John, here's a picture. He said, herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation. That's mercy seat. That's atonement. That's a place to sit down with him. The mercy seat. You understand the mercy seat? Uh, the propitiation. We, we have, according to Ephesians 2.6, we've been raised up and made to sit together with him. Oh, that's why it's called a mercy seat. <laughs> Ooh, we're sitting in his loving kindness. Oh my goodness. 
We're sitting in his loving kind, not because of our performance or our perfection, because we've given him permission to take all of our sins and everything in our past to help, to help us to live as a new species of being that has never before existed. Oh, that's what it means to be sozoed. To be, when he told Nicodemus, you must be born again. It means to become a new species of being that has never before existed. That terrifies the devil. Because he's never seen anybody like you. <laughs> and, and he's already, the, who's in you is greater than him. So he says, beloved, if God loved us, so loved us. We ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us. Did you see that? We, we haven't seen God, but if God, if we love, he lives in us. And his love is perfected in us. You know what? That's perfect love. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he's given us of his spirit. And have, we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. John uses the word cosmos more than any other uh, gospel writer because cosmos covers it all. That means the world system. It means to save us from the world system, to save us from the, the, the detriment of the curse that's on all who haven't come to believe and have faith in Jesus. Now watch. He says... Whosoever will confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him and he in God. Now let me give you another translation. The translation in the Greek is so strong. If you're thankful that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in you and you dwell in God. How many are thankful? He's the Son of God. That's what he said. So, so if we know and believe the love that God has to us, God is love, and he that dwells in love dwells in God, and God's in him. Oh, my goodness. So you can't separate the power of God from the love of God. You can't separate the power of Jesus from the love of Jesus. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because look at this. As he is, so are we in this world. You know why John's writing that? So we begin to see ourselves like he sees us. We begin to see ourselves like the Father sees us. We are sons and daughters of God. Because the scripture says in, in, in 1 John chapter 3, Behold what manner of love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. Sons is what it means, but it's, it covers women, uh, women too. So he says, look at the next thing he says. There's no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. That's so important to know. Colossians 1.10. I'm sorry, Ephesians 1. Let's go, let's take it. Um, everybody okay? It's 8.05. I'll hurry. Ephesians 1.17. Paul is speaking to the church at Ephesus where they worshiped the goddess Diana. It was a very decrepit and licentious town and 
Paul walked up in the middle of all their idolatry and said, this looks like a good place to start a church. And Ephesus, Ephesians, and he writes this letter and says, I don't cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers because I've heard about your faith. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That's what I've been praying. Holy Spirit, teach me. Give me the knowledge of him. So I know the will of God for my life. Now watch. He said, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Now those two powers, one is authority and one is dunamis. dunamis. The authority. He's been given authority over all principalities, powers, might. He's, he's the head over all. Now, now look at Colossians 1, beginning in verse 9. I want, you to, I want you to see this. He's talking to the church at Colossae. For this reason, what reason? I've heard of your faith and your works of love. And since I heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. If you're willing, you can. What happened when that leper was cleansed and made whole? He was filled with the knowledge of the will of God. It was, he discovered it was his will for him to be healed. Oh. So I want you to understand that this causes us to pursue the supernatural, to pursue the extraordinary. It don't mean that we're kind of granola Christians, you know, nuts, fruits, and flakes. It means that we, it means that we, we, we have the wisdom of God and, and we know why we shout. We know why, because we understand the will of God. And then Paul said, I'm praying that you may increase in the knowledge of God that you walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Notice he said, I want you to have the knowledge of his will and I want you to have the knowledge of God, his character, his nature, what his intentions are. Wow. Now let's, let's read two more verses and, 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 We'll be close to done, maybe. <laughs> Ephesians 1.3. Paul starts that same chapter where he said that you'd be filled with spiritual wisdom and understanding. Blessed be the Father, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. Notice that's past tense. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places is the word added there. It's in italics, so it was added. So he's blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly in Christ. He has blessed us. First Peter 2.24, by his stripes we were healed. 
in the mind and heart of God, he, we're whole. In the heart of Jesus, when that leper was there asking what the will, his will was, he discovered what the will of, of the Father was for his life. Through the, Jesus said, I've come to show you what the Father's like. Our heel. That's kind of looking forward, right? That's, that, that's, that's uh, something to be, get excited about. Then 1 Peter 2.24, we were. It's on the other side of the cross, on the other side of the stripes. So, <clears throat> so I, want to, I want to mature into the place where I can believe God for anything. You know what that does for me? That, that, that keeps me from being discouraged to pray for every need, every situation. Because I'm understanding what the will of the Father is. I'm, I'm understanding through the Holy Spirit what His will is for my life. Here, here's what the will of God is because Paul prayed the will of God. You understand, when he's praying for the Ephesians and the Colossians, he's praying the will of God. The will of God is for you to be filled with all spiritual wisdom and understanding and the knowledge of him. The will of God is that you walk worthy of the Lord in increasing in the knowledge of his will. That, that's the understanding. Now, now here's another one, 3 John 2. I think I started to quote that this past Wednesday and I, I kind of derailed a little bit, but it's okay. It, 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 Paul is praying the will of God when he says, uh, or John, uh, John is, is praying the will of God when he speaks of Gaius. He said, I pray that you may prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Now, do you think John would pray something that's not the will of God? <laughs> Absolutely not. So it must be the will of God for us to prosper and be in health. Come on, somebody. And, and, and as our soul prospers, so what, what prospers our soul? Understanding what the will of God is. Understanding the knowledge, having the knowledge of God and acknowledging that he's always with me. I'll never be alone. I never have to wait for him to come off the mountain to get what I need because he's always my need meter and he's living in my life, not just to meet my needs, but to show me how much he loves me and to show and to help me to understand how to love others the way he loves as well, right? <laughs> Excuse me while I get excited. So, chapter 2, verse 6 of Ephesians. This is the will of God. He has raised us up and made us sit together with him in heavenly places so we have joint seating we have joint seating with our elder brother wow so being mindful of that is understanding that the will of God is that we walk in wholeness and that we become effervescent Plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief it is, right? <laughs> Excuse me while I use this really antiquated 
I used to do that. My dad would always use baking soda. I tried that. He would, if he had upset stomach, he, he had heartburn sometimes, he would take baking soda and drop it in the water. I'd buy Alka-Seltzer. I like to watch the bubbles. You know what the bubbles, it was effervescent. The bubbles were the reaction of the water touching the tablet, the Alka-Seltzer. So that's what the Lord <laughs> has called us to be, is effervescent. <laughs> so the, here, here's the cool part. You drop that thing, it didn't matter how big your glass was, how full of water it was. When you drop that in, those bubbles are going to fill that glass, right? Oh. So he's created us to be effervescent so that we affect the atmosphere where we go. We affect the atmosphere. We don't let the, the world system affect us. The way we have an impact is to trust inherently in his love he has for us and to believe. Brother John sends me a Hebrew word and I was, I'm delighted. I mean, I'll, I'll read the whole thing concerning that Hebrew word because the Hebrew is so strong. Every Hebrew letter has a word attached to it. It's amazing and, and it's, it's so deep and God is so on purpose when he did that. It, it's amazing. So the word is Masai, M-A-A-S-E-H. I can't pronounce it like a Hebrew. Masai, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you got to do that. Or whatever that is, but that word is an action. It means action. It's not just feelings and emotions. But the, the rich Hebrew heritage, they believe that the feelings and the emotions arose out of a commitment to action. They believe the feelings and the emotions would happen when you, right, even when you don't feel like it, but you get in motion. That's why whew, the just shall live by faith. Paul said, but we walk by faith, not by sight. One wise man, great old preacher gone on to be with the Lord said, I don't live by my feelings or my emotions. I don't believe because of my feelings or my emotions, but because of my faith and because of who I can, I'm connected to, I have all the feelings I can handle. Now, any, anyone want to comment or ask a question? Brother John? Crown, weapon, and sustain. Wow. Got them all. That's, thank you, Brother John. That's so rich. So rich. Anyone else? Have you been encouraged? You've been encouraged to understand the will of the Father is for you to prosper 
and for you to live whole and you do live in victory. Oh my goodness, I want you to stand with me. I just love you dearly. I'm so glad you came tonight. It, it really bolsters my, my faith and, and you know, I'm gonna do it regardless. I've been doing this for 30 years now and, and uh, it, it, it never gets old. It never gets old because it's like an artesian well bubbling up. Living waters is what Jesus called it, right? So does anybody have a prayer request, something that you need? Keep Steve and Lisa? Okay, yeah. Yeah, no distance to an answered prayer. Somebody else. I just love you dearly. Watch, that. Watch for the Lord to do something extraordinary on your behalf. I think 2024 is going to be a time when we're going to shine, we're going to really be effervescent. It's going to be, and that's more than just bubbling, right? I think it's going to be arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And the people that sit in darkness are going to see a great light because we carry the right stuff. We carry the right, uh, we are the children of the living God. So we don't, we don't ask anymore if it's your will. No, that's not that's not a part of our prayer. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know that That's it. No. That's right. Uh, it's not his will that any should perish. So the Holy Spirit really quickened me today as I was thinking about, uh, you know, it was like, uh, let me tell you how the intrusive the enemy is. He'll come and try to get you to think about situations that are really, really uh, heavy, heavy kind of situations. But the Holy Spirit, here's what he Here's what the Holy Spirit does. He came and he said, remember Philippians 4? I said, oh, yeah. He said, remember whatsoever things are true? Whatsoever things are pure? Whatsoever things of just? Whatsoever things are of good report? Whatsoever things have virtue? Think on these things and the very God of peace will keep your heart and mind. So Father, I thank you, Lord. I declare your word from number six. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. 
and let you understand the favor that you have. The Lord lift up his countenance over you and the Lord give you peace. Lord, thank you that you're going to recover everything the enemy's stolen. You're going to recover everything that the enemy has taken. Lord, he, he's a thief. But Jesus, we're grateful that we know what your will is. But I have come to give you life and to give you more abundant life. So thank you, Father, for restoring Lacey and Dylan, Lord, to everything. As I prayed today, the Holy Spirit reminded me, and I began to speak over that young couple that the Lord knows exactly how to recover them and to restore what's been stolen from them. And if you're in this place and, any, and, and you've experienced, it don't have to be material, it could be, it could be something else uh, entirely. It could be relational, it could be family. And I want to tell you something, that we are navigating our, our own personal family is navigating through some very uncharted waters. But you know what? I know God's got this. And I'm asking him to give me wisdom. Let me tell you what I, I'm going to tell you. One, this one thing, that there was a text that came to us, and I'm not going to share it with you. Deidre is probably listening. She's watching from Tennessee, Spring Hill. Marissa and Hannah probably watching from up there, and there's people from all over probably watching us. But, but I, I remember when we got that text, we had no clue. I would, I would go for days before I would answer it because I, did, I wanted the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to know how to answer my son's text. And here's what I sent him. The, just before I walked into Turning Point, I, got, I almost got out of the truck and the Holy Spirit said, here, type this. And I began to type. I said, Lord, uh, text, it was text. I said, son, I want you to know I love you. When you were born and they handed you to me, it was a proud moment. And I took you to the glass and I showed you off to the family. And I said, I'm still proud of you. The only problem is they didn't give me an owner's manual. So we did the best we could. And we want you to know we love you. And, and here, here's what I said. I said, and, and I'm, I want you to forgive me. I'm sorry for any pain I may, I may have caused you. I, did, I made it personal. I may have caused you. Well, when he sent me a long text. <laughs> he said, Dad, I love you. You understand? He said, I, I don't hold it. He said, anything you may have done, I've already forgiven you. But you understand what the enemy does. He tries to bring our children into a place of, uh, uh, that, that's so narrow. Because pain will make life narrow. It'll make it real narrow. And, and I told my wife, I said, I said, there's pain going on. I said, there's a lot of people that's having pain, in pain, emotional pain. But I said, what we're going to do is not give up on what God said about our family. Because he said over in Isaiah, I'm just going to declare it to you. Maybe you need to hold on to it too. 
He said, your children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you will condemn. For this is the inheritance of the servants of the Lord. For your righteousness comes from me, O gods. Uh, and then over in the book of Acts 16, uh, Paul and Silas are set free. And the jailer runs in and said, what must I do to be saved? And he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your house. Period. It's the you you leave the. Right, right. Make division. And our sister Merle, she sees things the way the world sees it. Right. I'm just say Democrat. Yeah. So, me and Abby, she was trying, Merle was trying to say whatever she had to say to us. And I, I said, listen, I didn't come up here to hear you down all these people. You're my sister and I love you. And I'm sorry, I, I regret that you are not on the same page as me and Evelyn. But you can be whenever you start seeing things. But I said, we've come up here to visit, to talk family. We can talk the Bible now. We just couldn't do that. But we discuss scripture. Yeah, amen. And plant flowers and help one another. And so we had a visit this Saturday, Monday and Tuesday. She didn't rewrote the first republic. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Pleasant visit. Amen. One another so God is moving. He's moving. And I call your son can just say, I surrender. Oh, it's a done deal. Because God's got the lights are going to come I on. Yeah. From you, you Amen. would preach. God sees the whole picture. Yeah. I used to try to tell God how to fix he chuckles. Yeah. Yeah. He's got it. It's going to be epic. It's going to be epic. I want to tell you what the Holy Spirit also, um, he, 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 he told me concerning this situation, and, and he may say the same thing to you if you come up on this scenario. He said to me, he said, he said, somebody needs to start the conversation because the phones have been silent for days now. He said, why don't you start it? So you understand that the Lord will use you. you I had no idea what I was going to do until yesterday. And, and I want you to know he's got you. He's got your family. Father, we thank you. We bless you and honor you. We give you glory for your wisdom. We thank you, Father, because you've blessed us with all spiritual blessings and raised us up, made us sit together with Jesus as sons and daughters. We give you praise and we bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for saving us and healing us and delivering us. And everybody said, Amen.